am Dr. Beverly Reed. And I'm Dr. Amber Klimczak. And we are Two, Two Peaks in a Pod. All right. Well, welcome back, everybody. How's your week been going? It's been good. Yes. We have been busy. I've been doing a lot of surgeries this week. Yes. We've got a lot of interesting findings. Yes. Surgeries. So really happy that we're doing the hysteroscopies that we've been doing. Yes. I love the hospital that you're operating at. They've had better availability than me. So you've been helping me out with some of my patients, yes. too, which I appreciate. So thank you so much. That's amazing. It's Thanks always nice to go in and do a surgery and actually find something. Yes, I know, because then you find an it's answer. Information yeah. is power. Mm-hmm. Once you have that answer, then we know the best next steps. And we know that a lot of times a surgery like that could be all the difference in our next treatment cycle with a patient. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, I've got a celebrity story for you. Um, okay, so you know I love Vanderpump Rules. Yes. I've been teaching about Vanderpump Rules. <laughs> and there is um, somebody on that show. Her name is Lala. Do you know who Lala is? Yeah, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. very pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, and she actually was married to kind of a famous producer, and they had a child Her together. Name is Lala? Yeah, I mean, that's not her real name, okay. but she okay. goes. Like, Wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> okay. um, so she's married to a famous producer, and then he got caught cheating on her, and then they had a very terrible breakup. But they have a baby together, which she loves her baby so much. But she has now come out and said when she's ready for her next baby, she's not going to do anything else except to use a sperm donor. Okay. okay. She says, look, there's such a high chance of it not working out, especially where we live. She lives in LA. Mm-hmm. I'm not taking the chance. Like I'm so sca- uh, scarred from all of this. Well, there's swear word that has <laughs> happened in my life. <laughs> and she said, I'm doing a sperm donor period. I will not even attempt to try and do it a different way. I don't want another person involved. I can understand that. I yeah. actually think that that's pretty reasonable. I mean, she yeah. lives in the world of being a celebrity, right? Yeah. In LA. Mm-hmm. And I do think the divorce and separation rates are really high and just complicated if mm-hmm. you have a child involved. So, I mean, that's actually pretty insightful. I can understand yeah. where she's coming from. Yeah. So, I figured today let's talk all about donor sperm. Yes. <laughs> a lot to talk about. Yeah. Well, I, for, I figured first we could talk about who needs a sperm donor. Um, so I guess Lala is an example of a single, single mother by choice. I love my single mothers by choice uh, group here in DFW. If you're a single mother by choice and you have not connected yet, they have a great social media group. I think they're on Facebook and Instagram and all of those things. Such a good resource and um, just a lot of support for each other, which I, I think is that I need to get plugged in. Yeah. Them. Yeah. What I love is some of them have connected there and they've used the same sperm donor so that they oh. have, they call them diblings, donor so siblings. Fun. And That's then that way they can kind of meet up and, yeah. and all that. So I love that. That is really fun. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. 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 And then, okay. Some other people who may need to use a sperm donor would be our same sex couples, right? right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then definitely sometimes we have couples who are male, female, but maybe mm-hmm. for some reason their partner has had a vasectomy mm-hmm. and, you know, can't get it reversed or try to get it reversed and didn't work properly. Or they are what we call azoospermic, meaning they don't make any sperm at all. And mm-hmm. so then we recommend using a sperm donor. Mm-hmm. And I think what other situations do we use um, donors? Yeah, I think that pretty much covers mm-hmm. it. Um, I guess maybe this, you know, sometimes if somebody has tried IVF a lot and the sperm is not working, yes, yes. sometimes mm-hmm. I've seen them almost use donor sperm as a diagnostic approach, yes. meaning that when they do IVF, we take the eggs out. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they'll fertilize half the eggs with their yes. partner sperm mm-hmm. and then half the 
eggs with the mm-hmm. donor sperm and compare the outcomes to really try to understand when their IVF is not working. Is it more of an egg problem or is it a sperm problem? Sometimes mm-hmm. that kind of lets you figure that mm-hmm. out. So mm-hmm. I will say in my experience when we've done that in the yeah. past with the lab, mm-hmm. it does always seem to be that not just that it's sperm, but it's that the egg doesn't have the ability to kind of also fertilize and mm-hmm. make an early embryo. So mm-hmm. yeah. it seems to be on the eggs as well. It's interesting. Yeah. I always I always want to blame the sperm. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like one time I wanted to be the sperm. <laughs> Or sometimes it can be both. <laughs> I know. It's actually uh, one of my sweet patients the other day. It's We did all their testing and the, the semen analysis came back amazing. And uh-huh. she was mad about it. She was like, of course, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So I understand. I can, I get it. <laughs> um, okay. Well, let's talk about whenever you're seeing your patient that has told you they want to use a sperm donor. Do you have any kind of special pre-screening or pre-testing that you recommend for them? Yeah, absolutely. So I usually just go over the process with them and then talk about some of the labs that we're going to do. So we've talked about this on our podcast before, but one thing that we do recommend and at least offer to all of our patients that are interested in using donor sperm is something called genetic carrier screening. And that's really where we take a sample. We actually do it with a saliva sample and we screen you for hidden or recessive genes that you may be carrying that could potentially come together with another gene from your donor sperm and make a sick child. And, um, you know, like we've said before, a lot of the donor uh, sperm candidates have already been screened. So you know what they carry. You can see and find someone that you don't match up on. The idea is if you carry a gene, you want to find a donor that does not have that same gene. So there's no risk for your child because you basically need two copies to get sick with these recessive or hidden genes. Uh, So definitely that's what we um, offer. And then we also want to test for something called CMV or cytomegalovirus. It is an infection that you may or may not have had previously in your life. Um, I'm told it's kind of flu-like, but a lot of people just don't remember getting it. I I think I have had it before and never knew. Mm -hmm. So most of the time what happens is we check your blood and we find out you're either CMV positive, meaning that you have been infected previously and you have some immunity to it, or you're CMV negative, meaning you've never been infected with it and you don't have any immunity. And the theoretical risk is that if you use a sperm donor that potentially has had CMV in the past and you haven't, that he could infect you or, you know, problems with the pregnancy, things like that down the road. So you want to match with your sperm donor if you're CMV negative. Mm -hmm. You want a CMV negative sperm donor. If you're CMV positive, you can actually use a CMV negative or CMV positive donor. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, I have to say, I'll kind of tell you too, where I'm a little annoyed with CMV testing. The government makes us do it, okay? But I will say, in real life, they've never actually had Mm -hmm. even one reported case of somebody getting CMV from a sperm donor. It's a theoretical risk. It is out of an abundance of caution Mm -hmm. because if you were to get CMV while pregnant, sure. I mean, that's the concern. It can Mm -hmm. cause birth defects or something like that. So, I mean, I do get that. I I understand it. But 
Um, it's hard because it is just additional legwork that the patient has to go through. It's an additional test they have to do and all of that. And I think it's kind of funny because this is one of the few tests that you get that you want to be positive for, (laughs) you know, because if you're positive, you can really use anyone. Um, but if you're negative, you just lost your chance at half the donor. It's such a common virus that about half the donors have it. Um, so, you know, but of course we follow the rules. We definitely do. Um, but you know, that's just kind of a side note that I'm just like, eh, I don't know yeah. that it's. You and you know. always kind of wonder, like, how many yeah. couples are out there in the real world where yeah. they're not. That's a good point. You know, yes. Positive ones. I mean, I'm sure that happens all the time and we're not screening or paying attention to that. That's know, a really good point. Yeah. 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 But, and then I just wanted to circle back to the genetic carrier screening where I do think it's just so amazing. I really do highly recommend it in these cases because you get the luxury. Like, it's different when we have a couple coming in because if they both carry the same thing. I can't just say, we'll find a new partner. Right? <laughs> um, but, but in this case, I can say, oh, just find a different donor because all sperm banks that I know and use do genetic carrier screening on their sperm donors. Now, I will say it's a little bit difficult because sometimes they make you pay more to find out the results. So for example, if you look on a sperm bank website, a lot of times they'll tell you the basic information for the sperm donor, but then they'll be like, but if you want to see their genetic carrier screening results, then you pay this extra fee. But I will say some strategies are, let's say you did the genetic carrier screening, you came back negative for everything, then really you don't have to know what he carries um, because you would both have to carry it to pass it on to a child. But I know some people will still pay to unlock it because that way they can at least just tell their child, hey, just so you know, this runs in our family. You don't have this condition, but you have the possibility of being a carrier for it since Mm -hmm. the um, sperm donor was um, a carrier for it. Um, so I, I think it's really, um, helpful to do it. I think the other strategy though, is if you happen to find a sperm donor who is negative for everything, I will just say it's hard to find somebody who's negative for everything though, because at this point they're testing for so many different genes that you're probably going to be positive for something. Like there's not very many of us walking around that have perfect genes. Every once in a while, my patients get that completely negative. I'm like, oh, you're really clean. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I definitely think that is one of the luxuries of using a sperm donor is you get all the options, you get all of the choices and everything too. Um, okay. Do you have a favorite sperm bank that you recommend for your patients? Well, we've been using the local one, I guess, yeah. in Arlington yep. a lot and it's just been easy for our yeah. patients and now they know us yep. and they're able to, um, you know, just move the sperm here easily. They can yeah. like hook their tank. So I will yeah. say out of ease, that would probably be my favorite. Yeah. But I, yeah. Have, I always offer the three that I send the same email every time to everyone yeah choose from the three and I like your what's your thing the, yes well <laughs> I stole this yeah. from my old yeah. boss who he used to always tell patients that um let's see well so Fairfax and Austin has the smartest donors <laughs> <laughs> and then California cryobank in California has the widest selection and then Cryobank of America is nice because it's local, Fashion. free shipping and convenience and all the rest of it. Um, but there's a lot more out there, too, that mm-hmm. I didn't mention. I think there's Seattle Sperm Bank. There's, is it is that something that starts with a Z or an X or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but anyways, I mean, we can work with any of them. It, it doesn't really matter to us, I think, which one um, you use. And we've had good pregnancies from from all of them as well. So mm-hmm. um, I think it's really just, it's kind of nice to be able to browse all of them and just kind of find um, someone that you connect with. I will say some of them are really cool. I, you know, it's kind of fun. Sometimes they'll bring in the brochures and um, the girls and I will pick out a sperm donor for ourselves yeah. just in case. Yeah. <laughs> the baby pictures. That's yes. very interesting to me. And I guess there's 
always doomers that have like a really cute baby picture yeah, yeah. and their sperm gets used so quickly. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Well, but some of them you can maybe pay higher fees to get yeah. to see adult photos oh. or, um, you know, there was one sperm bank, I can't remember who it was, but it was interesting because you could upload a photo of your partner. Um, to try to get the computer to match up somebody who looks like your partner. This is for same-sex couples yeah. or for um, for heterosexual couples, either one. Um, so I think that um, is kind of a cool option. Or you can even try to get ones that look like a celebrity. Like I remember there was like a Brad Pitt option. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so it's actually kind of fun yeah. to see all the different options that are available these days. <laughs> Um, but I wanted to kind of use this as a good point to talk about the differences between using an anonymous sperm donor versus a no donor. Because mm-hmm. I know one of the top things I'll have is somebody will come in wanting to use a friend they have or something like that. Have you ever had that come up? Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. I rarely, we rarely perceive that. Yeah, right. <laughs> the yeah. same. And yeah. so I figured I'll kind of go through you know, why that is. Um, and I definitely understand why people would want to do it. A lot of people will share with me, well, this person is a close family friend and I would really like them to be involved with the baby as the baby grows up and everything. But there are a lot of things to consider. So I think probably the biggest thing that people don't realize it is actually takes longer and is way more expensive to use a known donor rather than an anonymous donor. So what the government um, usually, because they get in Involved in these type of cycles, they require for safety that a sperm donor would get some blood work drawn and donate the sperm, but then you have to quarantine that sperm, which means keep it frozen for about six months, and then you repeat all that infectious disease testing. So that is a way of making sure that the sperm is free from infection. And the reason they do that is their concern is What if somebody, for example, got HIV, but they just got it a week before, so the levels were so low that it's not going to show up on a blood test, right? And so they fear that that could be the case, and that's why they say recheck it six months from when the sperm was given to make sure that that HIV test would still be negative and that the patient wouldn't be at risk for getting kind of any kind of infection from using the sperm donor. But Think about the cost of all of that, right? You have to um, pay the place to, you know, freeze the sperm, to do all the blood work and everything. Um, and then you have to wait all that time. And so that's Super always a big, big yeah, yeah, yeah. Like usually when people see me, they're ready. They're like, no, I want to do this next month, right? Yeah. Um, and so I think most of them, when they find all that out, that really makes them change their mind. And then the other thing is legal. Legal is very expensive, costs thousands of dollars as well, because you really don't want to get yourself in a bad situation. If you don't have a legal contract sorted out, number one, the person who gives you um, the sperm can actually be able to get custody of your child and could be on the hook for child support too. And so these things really need to to be worked out legally before you um, do anything like that. So mm-hmm. it always seems straightforward. Yeah, and, right. And, and yeah. And I guess um, I'll have to tell you, too, I've been kind of surprised. I don't know if you're aware, but there are these apps these days or even Facebook groups where sometimes people will try to find their own sperm donors just themselves. Mm -hmm. So they don't Mm -hmm. go through a clinic. They don't go through a sperm bank or anything. And I was really alarmed. So, for example, in the Facebook group, 
they'll post, can, can anyone donate sperm? And somebody say, I'll donate sperm. Oh, and I, I told my patient, I'm like, this is not safe. I'm like, aren't you afraid of getting a sexually transmitted infection or something? Um, and some of them will, you know, order like a little kit on Amazon to inject the sperm or some of them do it. They call it the natural way even. And I'm like, oh my gosh, no, like don't. The natural way. Like, yes. Like intercourse. Yes. And I'm like, and, 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 you know, I'm like, are you concerned these people may be donating to multiple people? And she said, well, he did go to um, get his labs drawn and he posted a photo of his labs on, on the Facebook group. And I'm like, yeah, but his labs could have been negative a month ago and now yeah. they could be positive. And so, of course, we completely recommend against that. It does oh. make me sad that people feel like they need to go to those lengths. Um, because I do understand there can be a lot of things you have to do. Like if you come to the clinic, you have to have a blood test and all the rest of it. But oh, please don't do that. It's not worth it. Yeah. It. Yeah. So, yeah, it's good for you to know those apps and Facebook groups are out there. We do not recommend them. Maybe for dating. You're not your sperm donor. Um, okay, so I also wanted to know, um, you know how we have our test, the HSG, this is a dye test to see if the fallopian tubes are open. I wanted to get your thoughts on, do you require that patients have this test before they try to do a donor sperm insemination? I don't require it. Mm -hmm. I do always counsel my patients about the utility for mm -hmm. it. And I really take like a close history from them to see, is there anything that really stands out to me in their history that would make me suspicious mm -hmm. that they may have some fallopian tube dysfunction? For example, we know having a history of a sexually transmitted infection puts you at risk of having tubal dysfunction. Things like chlamydia are really common. They yeah. can commonly can damage your fallopian tubes and making makes them kind of scar closed so that they don't function properly. Having really painful periods, kind of signs that you may be having endometriosis, something mm -hmm. like that that's causing scarring in your abdomen or having like a really big surgery that I, is known to cause adhesions in your abdomen. For example, people that have a ruptured appendix mm -hmm. and had surgery for it always kind of makes me suspicious that something may be going on with their tubes. And I really encourage those people to try and get an HSG prior to moving forward because like you saw, it is a little bit of legwork. Yeah. And, you know, we can try several <laughs> times yeah. and then ultimately tubes are open, it was kind of all ways. Yes, exactly. And, you know, even though using an anonymous sperm donor is more affordable than using a known sperm donor, it's still expensive. Right. So, um, you know, just so people know kind of a, a range, usually it's about 600 to to $1,000 per vial of sperm that you purchase. Usually you need one vial of sperm every time you try. Um, and so I do think that would be really heartbreaking for somebody to have maybe tried multiple times and then find out later, oh, wait, your tubes were blocked the whole time and mm -hmm. it didn't even have a chance of working. Mm -hmm. um, I do know that there are actually many clinics who require that you have an oh, HSG test mm -hmm. before doing mm -hmm. donor sperm insemination, but I actually align more with you on this one because really, I honestly, I hate to require anything. Like I really think women should be able to choose in most cases what they, what they want to do. Mm -hmm. And especially too, if it's somebody who doesn't have a history of infertility, it's somebody, you know, a same sex mm -hmm. couple or a single mother by choice who it's not like they've been trying to get pregnant and can't get pregnant. It's certainly reasonable for them to try an IUI 
without having done an HSG. So I do the same thing. I offer an HSG. I'm like, hey, this is available for you if you want to do it. But I definitely don't require it. I do more highly recommend it if, let's say, we try our first cycle and it's not working. Then I'm like, hey, let's let's really go ahead and just look into this because I just want to try to help them figure out why it may not yeah, have worked the, the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think it's important, too, to just kind of talk about ballpark success rates for doing an insemination. Because I know before I learned about fertility, I would have actually assumed the success rates were much higher. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can mm-hmm. imagine that. Well, it really all goes back to natural healing fecundity, right? Yeah. And that's something that I try and cover with all my patients. Mm-hmm. And it's just important to understand that humans are really inefficient at getting mm-hmm. pregnant. I always yeah. tell my patients, we're not bunnies. Yeah. We're just the way we are. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so the natural human fecundity rate is 20% each month. Mm-hmm. So that means, like, really, if everything's working as it should, mm-hmm. your chances of getting pregnant each month are only about 20%. Yeah. So there is no treatment or no really scenario mm-hmm. other than. IVF yeah. that gives us a higher chance of success per month yeah. than natural rates of human fecundity. Yeah. And I just think it's so helpful to just mentally prepare for the fact that, hey, if our chances are about 20%, it's not totally out of the ballpark here to just plan for having to do multiple cycles mm-hmm. to have a good chance at reaching your goal. Right. Um, but I think that brings up a good point then, which is how many vials of sperm should somebody purchase whenever they're going to be doing donor sperm insemination? Do you yeah. have a guideline well, again? And I have some patients that don't mind just like ordering it for it like yeah. one by one. Yeah. But they do tend to pick donors where they know there's a lot of sperm available. Yeah. It makes me nervous when it's a limited supply. Yeah. And yeah. then I'm like, someone else is gonna order up yeah. that sperm and then you're not gonna have the sperm yeah. that you want available. <laughs> and some people, if they've already had a child from yeah. donor sperm, yeah. they want to make sure that they get as many as possible to have success yeah. and have the same sperm donor for both of their children. So there's a lot that kind of plays into it. But, you know, I think six IUIs is reasonable mm-hmm. to like put in your mind. I always say to patients, okay, this is like we're setting the clock, mm-hmm. we're trying for the first time. Because yeah. a lot of these patients, like you're saying, they're not fertile, they yeah. haven't trying, right? So, you know, no one's going to give up after like one or two months and say, okay, it doesn't work. Yeah. You know, I'm not getting, I'm not getting pregnant. It's been one month. It's mm-hmm. been two months. So I think six is a reasonable number. And yeah. I would say that's six files. If yeah. You can be certain, you know, but yeah. I would say most of my patients just order it each month. Yeah. I'm most of mine mm-hmm. just do each month too. Mm-hmm. And I, but I do always say, look, do you think it'll be important to your future self to, um, have a sibling mm-hmm. for your baby with the same sperm. And if so, you should probably um, get some more um, available because um, I will tell you, sometimes I've seen crazy things happen. I remember I had a patient who had checked the sperm bank and they had said, we have 17 vials of sperm. And great. Okay. Yeah. They felt like this donor has a lot. If we get pregnant, we'll buy some more vials. So she got pregnant um, through our treatment and then she called to say, I want to purchase some more vials for the future. And they said, oh, sorry, somebody else got pregnant with the sperm and wiped us out. They purchased all 17 vials of sperm. And I was like, who buys 17 vials of sperm? But first of all, that's, that's a, a lot, lot of money. money. <laughs> if it's $1,000 a vial, that's $17,000. Wow. Like, who does that? And we kind of had to really beg the sperm. Actually, they were nice and they worked with us to be like, can they give us like one? Did they? <laughs> you know, 
yes, they did actually work with us. Yeah, because they were like, yeah, this patient's not going to need 17 vials. I wonder if they they were trying to make it so that no one else could use that. I think so. I wanted it just for their job. I think so, but that kind of taught me, like, (laughs) oh, you really have to get because I would have. You know, told the patient, oh, you have 17 miles. You have nothing to worry about. But who knew? Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't, like, obviously anything that came to be, like, wrong with the donor. No. That's the other thing I remember yeah. was, like, mm-hmm. if they pull the sperm. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. It was that somebody else had purchased wow. all the vials because they wanted to screw themselves. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Well, should we wrap it up for the week? Yeah. Okay, good. All right. Well, thank you, guys. Hope you all have a good week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>